Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. We are the official Monster Jam podcast. I'm Scott Jordan. My guest this week is the current series points leader on Stadium Championship Series Blue. And we go to the Great Clips Hotline, calling in from Reno, Nevada, to welcome in Grave Diggers, Tyler Menega. Tyler, welcome to Inside Monster Jam, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I've been seeing all this uh, this action on Inside Monster Jam here, and I've been wanting to get in on it. So thanks well, for the invite. We appreciate having you, man. Uh, you know, you are currently probably the, one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star in Monster Jam. And uh, we'll talk about your season here in a few minutes. But first, let's go back to the beginning. You're from Oskaloosa, Iowa, which the first time I ever heard of Oskaloosa was when I met you. Uh, how does a kid from Oskaloosa end up uh, driving at Digger's Dungeon? Talk about that story. Yeah, so honestly, my dad was always involved with the, the club help with the hanging the banners and everything at the Des Moines, Iowa show. I want to say since like 2002. So eventually I got old enough to start going out, going and helping with him. So I did that. I also did, you know, off-road racing growing up as a, a child as well. And uh, I just met Adam Anderson at, a, at an event one time, and he kind of just invited me out to Digger's Dungeon to come ride his ride truck for him. So quite the story, I guess, for some, some kid from Iowa, but it all worked out. Well, not many people can go from driving the ride truck at Digger's Dungeon to being one of the biggest stars in Monster Jam. So when, when you when you go there and you start driving this ride truck, how, how big of an influence was Dennis Anderson in your development as a driver when it when it pertains to going into Monster Jam? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I've been watching Dennis Anderson for years. You know, I, I have pictures of, of him at uh, the Minneapolis Metrodome back in the day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've always been a great Digger fan, always been a, a fan of Dennis Anderson and uh, definitely a big influence there. And you mentioned you met Adam Anderson, uh, and, he, and he's the reason that you got the opportunity. So talk about the involvement of, of the Anderson siblings in your development as a driver. Adam, uh, Ryan, Weston obviously was, was much younger. Kristen, I'm sure, was younger as well. But what what was their involvement in, in helping you get from the ride truck into Monster <clears throat> Jam? Yes, yeah, so honestly, I, uh, <laughs> the way Adam had it is he posted a Facebook ad on his private Facebook, and I responded to it thinking, you know, there's no way it's going to happen. And uh, like 10 minutes later, he was on the phone with my dad. I was uh, 15 years old, I think. And uh, I was going to North Carolina next week. And Ryan didn't even know it, but I was I was staying at Ryan's house for the summer. Basically, Adam just uh, volunteered Ryan's house up without even telling him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I'd spend every day that summer running that ride truck in the same same path uh, every day from 10 to 4 every day. So it was, uh, I mean, it, it, I think it definitely helped just, you know, for anything, the rear steer, the way you can time the corners and everything like that. I mean, you're doing the same thing over and over and over, and it's the same thing, the same rear system system that we run now. So uh, I definitely think that helped out quite a bit. So you were able to start driving uh, at 15 at Digger's Dungeon from 10 to 4 every day. What, what was the schedule? Like, how many rides did you did you drive around per day? How many people were you driving per day? I want to say the truck sat 12 people in it, but I could not tell you how many, how many people uh, – how many rides I gave. There's too many to count. I mean, Dagger's Dungeon is located right there before the Outer Bank. So that's a vacation, you know, a destination for sure. And you have to drive past Dagger's Dungeon to get to the Outer Bank. So the amount of people you'd see per day is uh, just ridiculous. And when you told your dad you had this opportunity, he was supportive of this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So as far as a, as a boss goes, because we know Dennis is the icon and he's a man of the people, but, you know, not many of us have ever had the opportunity to, to actually work for him. What, what kind of boss was Dennis Anderson when you were down there driving? So honestly, Adam was more, more of my boss than Dennis was because uh, Adam's deal is the ride truck. So uh, Dennis would, you know, kind of oversee a couple of things. I remember the first, uh, first day on the job, I think the truck broke his steer knuckle. It ripped the, uh, ripped the ears off the steer knuckle. So, and I think Adam was at, it at, at, a, at an event that weekend. So. 
uh, Dennis kind of ran the ship on on getting that fixed for the day. So uh, no matter what, they're all cool. They're all super cool to work for and uh, great people, that's for sure. Did they make you fix that when you broke it? Like whatever you you broke as, <laughs> as a driver, you had to fix it? Yeah, I think Cole Venard was kind of the crew chief for the ride truck that summer too. So if Adam wasn't there to fix it, uh, Cole would come and kind of direct everything as well. So Man, what a time. So Tyler Menega driving the ride truck, Cole <clears throat> Venard fixing it, Adam Anderson running the ship. We have so much more with Tyler Menega, so make sure you stay right where you are. When we come back, we're going to talk about his amazing triple threat series career that led to four consecutive championships. All that and more coming up next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I'm joined this week by Grey Diggers Tyler Menega. So, Tyler, you make your debut in 2016 in Blue Thunder, but you don't have to wait long to get behind the wheel of Grave Digger. With your uh, experience at Digger's Dungeon, was it always Grave Digger or bust for you, or were you just happy to be a part of Monster Jam and just see where your career took you? Yeah, definitely just happy to be a part of Monster Jam and see see where their career took me. I mean, obviously, big Grave Digger guy growing up, and... Uh, was a big fan of all the drivers and everything, but uh, I, I honestly never thought I'd be behind the wheel of a grave digger. That's for sure. Well, you have these established names as, as a part of this lineage, uh, Dennis Anderson, Adam Anderson, you talk about Randy Brown, you talk about uh, uh, Charlie Pawkins, some of those big names, John Zimmer. So when you get the call to uh, tell you that you're going to go behind the wheel of grave digger to continue your career, what was your reaction to that? <laughs> honestly, I, I don't even remember what my, I'm sure it was, uh, I couldn't believe it. I'm sure. But, uh, honestly, maybe I thought they were joking or something. I don't know, but, you know, I thought I did an all right job my first year in Blue Thunder for being a rookie and everything, but, uh, I, I, I was happy with Blue Thunder. I was happy to stay there. I didn't have any idea that I was actually going to be switching. So it definitely caught me off guard. So this 15 year old kid out of Iowa goes to Digger's Dungeon, uh, on, on a whim, messages Adam Anderson, ends up rooming unexpectedly with Ryan Anderson. And then two years into your career, you are driving the most famous monster truck in history. That has got to be just a, a boyhood dream for you. And, you know, at the time, you you know, you're still still young now, but you were incredibly young when you came into sport. Yeah, I was 18 uh, when I, I think it was a month after my birthday. It was my first test session out at uh, Tom's house. So uh, definitely young, probably one of the youngest drivers ever to start, so. Definitely pretty cool. What was uh, what was your experience like at Tom's house, at MJU? Tom's but- house. Uh, looking back on it, it's it was rough. I'm not gonna lie, because you don't you don't get your your full seat there. You get uh, uh, just a bucket with no head restraints or shoulder restraints or anything. And I won't lie, it definitely uh, weeds the people out. I think so. We uh, we definitely get the best of the best out of Tom. Did you feel like you had any any advantage going in there, being that you had you'd already driven for for a summer at Digger's Dungeon? You you, you learned the the ropes and you you, you knew you mentioned the rear steer. You started to know the technical aspects of this, or did you feel like when you went there, you know, maybe there was some animosity from Tom? Not that he's a you know ha, has that in his character, but you know, you're coming out of Digger's Dungeon, you're going now into Max D territory, and maybe there was ah oh, this this hotshot kid out of out of Dennis's house ain't gonna do no, ain't gonna do much here. Yeah, I think honestly. Uh, the first time it was Tom, I think the only advantage I would have had was just with the rear steer aspect of things. Other than that, I think it was a level playing field. Uh, the first time I actually went was me, Tony Oaks, and Miranda Kozad. So pretty cool that we all ended up uh, behind the wheel uh, eventually. So yeah, that's- uh, yeah, I don't know. It was fun. I know John Zimmer was out there a lot. He was more or less training for after my first time on, I think. So it was either him or Tom, and uh, it was a great time, that's for sure. 
It's a solid training crew. It's great when, when you go through that class and all three of you are still very active and, and competing at a high level. So it's pretty amazing to go through that and see where all three of you are at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your triple threat series career. You go on this epic run from 2017 to 2020. You win four consecutive triple threat series championships. At, at what point during that run did you start to realize that you were doing something very special that hadn't been done before? Honestly, I, I don't think it was until after the four of them were, were done that I realized that nobody had done that or, or I don't know. Because honestly, when I'm on it, especially on like a triple threat series, I don't like to think about the points whether it's during the week, whether it's during the event, I don't even think about it. Like, I don't sit there and calculate how much I'm ahead or behind my biggest competitor. I just go out and do what I need to do. And that's, and I think if I was to worry about it, I would mess up. So I, I that's my thing with any point series is just don't even think about it usually. Well, Triple Threat Series, uh, obviously, is such a grind physically and mentally. You go into multiple event weekends. You have to do multiple competitions on on different machines. What what was that like for you when you come out of MJ, you come out of Tom's house, you go into this this arena, you know, more Monster Jam Series, into a Triple Threat Series, where now it's not just driving a monster truck. You got to do speedsters. You got to do ATVs. What was that transition like for you? Yeah, it was tough because, like, I mean, uh, the speedster, that's just driving with the steering wheel, but the ATV is not. I, uh, I've never rode an ATV, uh, especially like a race bike like that until I got to Tom's house, uh, at MJU. So honestly, I don't, I don't, I picked it up fairly quick. I mean, thankfully, I don't think I would have won the, the triple threat, the amount of triple threat tours that I did without picking it up as quick as I did. But, uh, it, that was definitely a challenge just riding the ATV and it, it definitely was a workout too. That's for sure. Yeah. I bet. Well, you make another transition into a stadium series full-time last year. There were a lot of expectations for you, a lot of hype. And and I blame myself for a lot of that as well on our, on our broadcast. Um, but you, you lived up to that. What was that transition like for you going from the arenas? I know you'd done world finals before, but to into a full-time stadium series where it's not, you know, four to six events, it's, it's one or two and you're on a larger track. What was that like for you? Yeah. So honestly, like, the amount, I, I maybe only had six stadium events in my whole career up until last year when I got put on the stadium series. And honestly, I think there was more pressure at those because I would, did so bad at them. I would, do, I would go out and roll over in less than 30 seconds of freestyle, roll over, turn in a corner in freestyle, or you know, just, the, just the weirdest stuff would happen, and I just would not do good at all. So honestly, when I got to the point last year where I was going to be on a full stadium series, I think – it took a lot of pressure off of me then because at that point I had reached my goal of making it to a stadium series. Well, we're going to talk about your stadium series career here coming up next. Stay tuned. More Tyler Menega, more Inside Monster Jams on the way next. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I'm Scott Jordan. I'm joined today on the Great Clips Hotline, calling in from Reno, Nevada, by Gravediggers, Tyler Menega. Tyler, we talked about your transition uh, into the Triple Threat Series. We talked about your transition into the Stadium Series. Right now, let's talk about your season on Stadium Championship Series Blue. You have led the way from nearly the start to the finish, and earlier this season, you went on an epic 20-race winning streak, which, with the talent that's in Monster Jam nowadays, that seems to be nearly impossible. You you pulled it off. What was going through your, your mind during that, that streak and, and how in, in the heck were you able to go through that lineup the way that you did and win those races in a row? Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know. I had, I started out in San Diego and I made it to the finals the first night and uh, I lost to John Gordon and I just kind of figured out what I needed to do uh, hitting my marks on the track just right. Like 
where I can short time where everybody else is gaining time on the track. And there's one secret that on that racetrack that I honestly, I kind of don't, I haven't watched everybody else in a, in a couple of weeks, but up until a couple of weeks ago, nobody had figured it out yet. So uh, it's, it's definitely pretty cool to be able to go on a streak like that. And uh, I mean, it definitely helped out points wise this year as well. Um, but honestly, I got to like, it's really just goes to show how good my truck was uh, at the beginning of the season. And, you know, we started having problems here recently, but Matt had that thing dialed in for racing and it still is, it still feels awesome for racing. So uh, I just need to get my act together now here late in the season yeah. on the racing aspect. Of things. Yeah. It's pretty incredible to watch that streak unfold. It, it seemed like you, you literally had everything going your way. And, and I, I do want to talk about going back to your career with triple threat series. When, when we would go to world finals and we would get, you know, these stat packages uh, with, with, with the wins that, that drivers had, you know, we would get to the Adam Anderson's and Ryan Anderson's with like 48 wins and 17 losses. Then we would get down to Tyler Menegate. It was like 104 wins and 22 losses. And my argument to everybody was that 102 or 96 or 87 wins, whatever those were, I don't care if it's in a small arena track, you know, 90 wins, 100 wins is 100 wins. And I, I there was this mantra that I had for you when I would call your races that all this kid does is win. It's like that song, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Like you, you <laughs> it's just, it, it's mind, the stats you put together in racing is just mind boggling. And you mentioned that you have to get your act together late in the season. I want to talk about that because it seems seems lately that some of these mechanical gremlins that you had avoided earlier this season are now catching up a little bit. And do you contribute that to maybe your, your driving style? I know you like to run the truck hard and I like to run it through the ground, but is that something that you maybe do too hard early on and too often to where you get to this point late in the season that now it's, it's just really starting to, to get that wear and tear on your truck? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before too, a bunch of, you know, between the drivers i mean you, what happens when you go wreck a truck and destroy everything and you know the other guy didn't and uh his truck's been 100 percent all week or whatever but to me i don't win lose or draw i want to win the series obviously i want to win every series but it's not worth it to sacrifice running easy ever for a little bit because no matter where we're at sure as the series as a whole you want to win it but in houston texas two months ago if i took it easy the fans aren't going to be happy there you know the holds bar for Grave Digger every time when I'm behind the wheel. For as stellar as your career has been, you have two little blemishes on your career. One of those is called Anaheim, California, Angel Stadium. Uh, you, you finally got that monkey off your back. You win an overall event championship. Why do you think you struggled on that track the last two seasons? I honestly have no idea. It literally started out with like the just weirdest mechanical gremlin we could have ever had the first event last year. And then for the rest of the six that we were there last year, it was just a nightmare. And then uh, it just started right back up this year. Luckily we got it off our back, but uh, then the next weekend we started having issues again. So I'm not sure it's fully off my back there in Anaheim, but I don't know what it is. I don't know why Anaheim hates me, but I need to sit down and have a talk with Anaheim. Anah Anaheim hates a lot of people. Don't take offense to that. That track uh, just, um, obviously I don't, I don't drive it and I, I couldn't speak for any of you, but just watching it, that track, it seems like a, a driver's nightmare to navigate it. Cause you got that small baseball stadium track. The, it's obviously a lot muddier, a lot wetter, uh, a lot tackier than most tracks. So I, I don't, I don't think you're alone in that, but it's just, it, it's, it's a fascinating storyline coming into Anaheim that you had struggled so much in that stadium. You've won everywhere else in the world, man, arenas, stadiums, but it's like angel stadium. 
stadium. You just couldn't get it done. And um, you say you don't know if the monkey's fully off your back. You win an event championship. I think that takes that monkey off your back. Now let's talk about the other monkey that's on your back, which is World Finals. Uh, World Finals is approaching. I'm a stat guy, Tyler. I'm going to throw some stats out at you, all right? Don't take offense. You made four appearances in the main field at World Finals. 2017-2018, you make it to the finals in racing. Uh, You lost to Morgan Kane and Adam Anderson. Respectful, uh, Ryan Anderson, uh, Adam Anderson. Respectful drivers all all the way throughout there. Uh, But you finished 17th in freestyle, 21st in freestyle. Then in 2019, 7th in skills, not bad. Uh, Third round in racing, you exit, not bad. 15th in freestyle. And then in 2022, second in skills, you know, coming up there, racing semifinals, coming up there, ninth in freestyle. So coming up there, I think 2022 overall was probably your best performance. So you get all these expectations on you. You get that bullseye on your back because I think a lot of people want to show, you know, that they can beat Tyler Menega on the track. So what has been the issue with you at World Finals that you feel has gone wrong, that you haven't maybe lived up to the expectations that that people in the media like myself have placed on you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think, racing is racing. It's heads up, right? There's a winner. There's a loser. There's not really much controversy there. Um, the skills, honestly, I don't know what, I, I don't think my skills is ever as good, but I want to say like it puts pressure on us, I guess, to do the coolest thing possible. Right. And I think the coolest things that get done in a monster jam truck are when you're not really trying to do the coolest thing ever too. So I think that's the problem with skills is, is a lot of drivers just you know, are trying to do the coolest thing ever. And they're kind of put on the spot. Freestyle, I think it's just rolling the dice. I honestly, it depends on where you go in the lineup. It depends on basically how, I mean, you got to think about it this way. Everybody's going to do everything. Last year's World Finals Freestyle was one of the best ones I've ever seen. Uh, There wasn't, I mean, every trick in the book was done. And I think I was third from last. So I would have literally had to go out there and done the unthinkable. And before I get called out on social media, Morgan Kane was the year before you in 2016. It was Ryan and Adam Anderson that you uh, lost to in the finals, correct? Yeah. In, in, say, yeah. Okay. Uh, so just everybody, all the fans, before you attack me on Twitter, <laughs> I got it right. All right. I have all the love in the world for Morgan Kane, though. Uh, so World Finals approaching this year, uh, July 1st in Nashville, Tennessee, Nissan Stadium. What are you What are you going to try to do or what are you thinking of doing to try and uh, win yourself a World Finals championship? Well, I mean, I got to... Uh... Racing, I'm I'm pretty confident with the year I've had with racing. Uh, freestyle, obviously you can't really. I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm going as hard as I can. That's just I uh, I can't really speak on much before I see the track Saturday. But um, yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing is formulating a plan. And I don't really even plan anything. I just like to look at the track and see what different ideas are. If you know I get pinched in this corner or that corner, but usually I just plan my first hit and ride the lightning after that. I'm curious, man. I, I think this is your year. You have all the hype in the world surrounding you. You have all the momentum in the world. I think this is your year to to get something done. I'm looking forward to seeing that. But as far as what's next here for Inside Monster Jam, I get you fans involved in the conversation. We're going to put Tyler on the spot and grill him with your fan questions. That is all coming up next right here at Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I am joined on the Great Clips Hotline by Gravedigger's Tyler Menega. Each week, I invite you to be a part of the conversation on Instagram. You can follow me at ScottJordanMJSX. You can ask your questions to the biggest stars in the sport. And right now, we're going to grill Tyler Menega with some fan questions. And up first, Rick TRD88 has the greatest question that I have ever heard. It is, how are you handling being an absolute unit. And that is a heck of a way to put, uh, <laughs> put, put your domination. Uh- 
question on this season, man. You, it, it, it's 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 a valid question. So, uh, man, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't even say it's a complete domination. I mean, I think the arts are where everybody gets along so good, and every. I mean, it is competitive. I want to win. Everybody wants to win, right? But I mean, off the track, we don't have one conversation about like points or how. I mean, we'll we'll think about. Oh man, what you did was cool or whatever. We'll go out to dinner and talk about that. But I, I don't know. Everybody gets along, and I think that's that's like the biggest thing to do with it, really. Yeah, but obviously there's bragging rights there, and and you said you want to win. I know you're a competitor, man. I know I, I know you're 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 giving the 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 great answer for everybody, but I know you know deep down you have that fire. You want to win, man. It's 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 in your blood. Um, Caden Allen Seven wants to know what has been the most challenging part from switching into a full time arena tour to a full time stadium driver. We touched on that a little bit, but if there's one thing that you you can pinpoint as the most challenging thing for you, what would that be? Man, I want to say. The, the biggest challenge for me was 120 second freestyles. You got two minutes instead of 90 seconds or, you know, sometimes 60 in, in, a, in a dasher building. So I think just being able to make the truck last for two minutes is a, is a big deal. Uh, the camera 9785 wants to know what is your all time favorite venue to compete in arena or stadium? I know it's not Angel Stadium, so we'll take that off the board. Uh, but uh, which, which one you like going to, man, that just pops in your head that you, you've done well in? San Diego, man, whether it's Petco Park or Snapdragon now, I think just the city of San Diego is a, is a big Tyler fan. So yeah, you've, you've done some good things there, man. So, uh, you know, you, you continue to lead the series uh, real quick before I let you go. What are your expectations, man? Do you have that series championship in you or do you think Ryan is uh, going to continue to chip away? I, I mean, Ryan's no slouch. That's for sure. I mean, he's, he's a two-time defending series champion. I think uh, right now we, we just, we got to get these electrical issues figured out because they have not been going our way at all. Once we get this figured out, I'll feel more comfortable. And uh, actually, the guys are out. I'm going to go meet them at the track here in a little bit and see what we got going on today and see if they need any help because uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to get this thing, this point series over with. It's been an emotional roller coaster. Highest to highs, lowest to lows. So, <laughs> um, uh, and it's not done yet, my friend. You still got a little ways no, to go. <laughs> I, I, I hope to see you in Nashville. Uh, thank you so much. It's Tyler Menega, uh, currently leading the way on Stadium Championship Series Blue, and I appreciate you spending some time with us tonight, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. That's all the time we have. We'll see you right here next time on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.